0: It has distinctly enough to not legally be RoboCop on the cover. Radio Drome. Welcome to another episode of Radio Drome. I am Josh Hadley. With me, although he's very sick so his voice sounds very strained, but Peter is here.
1: Hey Adrian. No, it you don't know, you like like sound uh, Stallone Rocky. strained. <laughs> is there some, uh, some place I can get to eat around here? <laughs>
0: Cecil is either late or got our new recording time wrong, so maybe Cecil shows up later. He said he'd be here, but he's not, so we'll see what happens with Cecil maybe this uh, week. it's
1: It's tough switching shifts. And uh, if you want to switch shifts... Go ahead, keep going. You can go to adamandeve.com where you can get a... I don't remember the rest of it. You
0: get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, free U.S. shipping, and a free sex swing. Just using the promo code DROME, adamandeve.com gets you all of this stuff.
1: I was going to try it, but it's way too early. I got ahead of myself.
0: We are not recording on our normal night and time anymore. Hopefully, Peter's a little bit better next week. The, the topic this week, Pete, is going to be... Now, we've talked about rip-off exploitation before. And now, I believe that there is a difference between a cash-in and a rip-off. There are, there are movies that are straight rip-offs of blockbuster films. And I'm not just talking the Italian stuff. I'm not just talking the asylum. The, these come fast and furious all around, like, after Star Wars, you look at, like, Saturn Three. Oh, yeah. That, you know, like, a movie like that, it's not really a Star Wars ripoff, but it's definitely a Star Wars cash-in. But then mm-hmm. you have something like Orca, that's absolutely a Jaws ripoff there's a
1: difference so or even piranha you know piranha is kind of made after the wake of jaws you have plenty of movies that are sort of meant to cash in on something that was that was big
0: and i don't believe that a cash in and a ripoff are the same thing and a lot of times Mm. they are categorized as such i've seen a lot of movies that are like all these blatant star wars rip offs and i'm like other than the fact that it's like a, a space odyssey kind of movie it's not really. It has no similarities to Star Wars in the story or the characters. It's just, it's got colorful fantasy style characters in a sci-fi setting and it came out after Star Wars. This yeah. isn't
1: really a Star Wars ripoff, you know? Which Star Wars wasn't even the, the first thing to do that sort of thing to begin with. I mean, George Lucas wanted to make a, a Flash Gordon movie. That ended up getting rejected and a lot of what he was going to do with that ended up in the Star Wars script. So even Star Wars is a knockoff of something, is a cash in or ripoff of something. You you never really know, and you shouldn't be so quick to judge.
0: But then again, there are the blatant... Like, let's leave straight plagiarism out of it, okay? You have the borderline plagiaristic like Great White, which, Mm. this one's weird in the fact that Universal didn't claim plagiarism. They claimed it stepped on their intellectual property and got Great White knocked out in America. Now, it did get released because people like Fred Fritz did see it in Mm. its theatrical run.
1: It's just so weird. It's so weird that movies like that could actually get theatrical runs at the time it just shows the how different the climate was at the time
0: you've seen great white it is it, it, okay it's a jaws clone there's yeah, no other way I, to I, put I it i
1: gave it to watch just out of pure curiosity and it's an absolute jaws ripoff
0: except strangely enough part of jaws 2 it has parts of jaws 2 in it as well like the thing with the helicopter it, it, it's it's not just a jaws clone it's a jaws franchise clone strangely enough <laughs> In a sort of inadvertent way, yeah. You, you, you have something like that, which, like I said, it's strange that Universal didn't claim plagiarism, because I, I think the author would have to claim plagiarism a, mm. in a legal sense. But what yeah. Universal did was claimed that was a clone of their movie, and they got it blocked. Let's put it this way. Universal has a very long memory. It was maybe four or five years ago, there was a college that was going to do an Enzo G. Castellari retrospective at, mm-hmm. at the school. Great White was among the filmmakers that they were going to show three hours before the screening they got a cease and desist from universal oh my god so universal is still enforcing that
1: no this movie does not get screened in the united (laughs) states so even just for like a little screening like a college screening were they even profiting off of that or was it just for like fun
0: I, i think it was universal flexing their dick
1: That's pretty bad when you make a movie that much of a, that's that much of a blatant knockoff. But then again, I guess Jaws is kind of sacrament at this point.
0: Let's stick with Jaws then for right now. You, you have all of these Jaws cash-ins. I know the director says that Grizzly was written before Jaws, but it's Jaws in the woods. It is.
1: Maybe. I mean, that one ends with a bear getting shot with a bazooka, so it could be, it could go either way. Uh, I think Grizzly might be able to stand on its on its own but overall it is uh um the the same
0: character relationships the same beats i mean hell even though getting blown there's up there's like a
1: kid that gets killed in sort of a controversial way isn't there too yeah and jaws so had that with the kid your boy it, it it delivers sort of the same uh the same beats for sure they're i mean were they released the same year or one after the other Gri- grizzly the release was released days.
0: in grizzly was released in 76 jaws is 75 so they
1: claimed it was a um, script written beforehand. So it's kind of like the burning, I guess. Cause they claimed, uh, the burning was written like a year before the first Friday the 13th or whatever. They, they might be lying. But either way, I mean, Grizzly fits right in with all the other animal attack movies that were coming out. Like there's, there's no denying that it's part of that subgenre. It's, it, it fits right the f*** in with any other one.
0: And then there's like I brought up Orca. Orca mm-hmm. is actually, it, it, well first of all, it's ridiculous cause <laughs> Strangely enough, it's a revenge thriller. The thing seeking revenge is a
1: f***ing whale. It's it's um Charles Bronson plays a killer whale. Even has the f***ing gall to begin with a killer whale killing a great white shark. So that's it. Pretty. That's not it. That's it. Not only saying that it's a it's a Jaws cash in, but our movie is. And more badass than Jaws, because we just killed your shark, bitch.
0: Obviously, we haven't seen Meg, the new giant shark movie coming out, but the book Meg, which came mm. out right after Jurassic Park the movie, opens with the shark killing a Tyrannosaurus Rex in sort of a similar fashion. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Subtle, right?
1: More cash in. That sounds like it could be really fun though.
0: Oh, I I love the book Meg. I actually like the, the book the sequel, The Trench, I think is the best mm. book in that franchise. But Meg, I've read it cover to cover four times times it's, it's freaking God. amazing man but then like with the jaws ripoff you got great white i personally now this is uh absolute cash-in i loved mako the jaws of death Have you seen that one with Richard Jekyll? Uh, I don't know if I have. It's the one where the the, the guy, I think it's in Florida, where the guy has a medallion that protects him from sharks, and he lives with sharks, and he loves sharks, so he goes all Punisher and Paul Kersey on Shark Hunters, and then at the end, (laughs) when the necklace falls off... No, and this is one of those Italian movies with an American star that's shot in America. They're swimming with real goddamn sharks, Peter. This is one of those movies you could not make today.
1: It sounds amazing, though. I need to check that out. Corman,
0: Piranha, and Up from the Depths. But at mm. least with Corman, he didn't rip off Jaws. He said, let's ride this wave. Both yeah. Piranha and Up from the Depths, neither of them have almost any story similarities to Jaws. They're just oh, yeah. very much underwater monster
1: movies. He he saw it as something, a genre he could capitalize on, which he, he did the same thing with Star Wars, you know, with movies like Space Raiders. And he did the same thing with movies like Alien or Aliens by making Mutant films like that. So Corman was more, this is popular, let's make a movie kind of like this. And he had access to a lot of sets that people like James Cameron would use because they work together. So it was a lot of uh, capitalization, but actual clever filmmaking at the same time.
0: And then you also have, no, this one I might be cheating a little bit. Do you consider Blood Beach to be a Jaws cash-in? Because Is going, that
1: that one where there's, like, a creature underneath the sand?
0: Yeah, and uh, John Saxon and Pauly from the Rocky movies or the cops.
1: Yeah, it's like a instead of in the water, it's a shark. I don't know if it's actually a shark. I, I've seen the movie like once when I was fucking half in the bag, but...
0: The monster is a giant worm with a vagina face.
1: Yes, yes, yes. It's like beach sandworm thing that kills people. And they were like, oh, it's like shark, but now you're... It's like Jaws, but now you're not safe on the sand. So I, I think it absolutely was a Jaws knockoff.
0: It bites a rapist's penis off. <laughs> Yes, I remember that. How could you forget? Now, people who need to remember the the second Jaws movie, Jaws 2's tagline, was just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Mm -hmm. The tagline for Blood Beach was almost shameless. (laughs) Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, you can't get to it. (laughs) Subtle, right, Pete?
1: Yeah, the poster
0: for that movie was great. This wasn't just Jaws. There were there were five specific movies, six if you want to count slasher movies, but that's more of a subgenre. The Road Warrior, Jaws, Alien, Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Those were the big. We need to cash in on things. Let, let's go to Star Wars. Probably the most blatant. And this one I do consider both a ripoff and a cash in. Star Crash. Because it's trying so hard to be Star Wars, but also because Lu- Luigi Cozzi, he's actually a decent director. I think he tried to actually be different at the same time, and maybe yeah. that's why the movie is so schizophrenic.
1: Yeah, that's a weird one to watch because it definitely has the like visual aesthetic of Star Wars and little miniature ships and the like but it does feel very much like its own movie as well because it has that like italian uh weirdness to it
0: and come on you tell me that caroline monroe is not cute as hell and no matter what (laughs) outfit she's wearing in that
1: that's also the one with the hasselhoff in it isn't it yes sir with a with a big old white dude 80s afro yes 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 pretty much playing a hybrid of han solo and luke skywalker that was a weird film but yeah i think it it does it was meant to be a, a star wars cash in for sure but i think it stands alone as its own weird sort of uh exploitation b-movie because it, it has that that uh italian exploitation charm to it while it's still ripping off a whole bunch of stuff
0: now the japanese this one was a rip ripoff have you, have you ever seen message from space
1: uh when did that one come out
0: 78 right after no. star wars no, I don't think I have. It's, it's Japanese Star Wars with Vic Morrow. I think he was like the Darth Vader character in it. Mm. You know, poor slumming Vic Morrow. Look uh, at Battle, Battle Beyond the Stars. Go back to Roger Corman. That is mm. often, I, I can't even count how many times that's called a Star Wars ripoff. And it's not. It uses the aesthetic of Star Wars, absolutely. It's the Seven Samurai in outer space, literally. It's Mm. the Seven Samurai in outer space to the point where Robert Vaughn, as Gelt, is implied to be the ancestor of the character Robert Vaughn played in The Magnificent Seven, which was Mm. the Americanized version of The Seven Samurai. I I, I hate when I see Battle Beyond the Stars called the Star Wars ripoff, because it's not.
1: It's it's still definitely capitalizing on the whole space battle thing, though.
0: Right, but I'm just saying it's not... Really, it has more in common with Star Trek, honestly, than Star Wars. It's got more in common with Star Wars visually, but really it's got more in common with Star Trek story-wise.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think overall it was just capitalizing on that genre becoming, or that subgenre becoming big overall. I think a movie like Space Raiders, which, uh, Corman produced is a lot more like Star Wars than, uh, Battle Beyond the Stars, which hilariously enough, I think that movie uses the exact same theme song.
0: It uses all, all the, actually all the special effects footage are from <laughs> Battle Beyond the Stars or Galaxy of Terror. It does. A lot of matte
1: paintings and stuff. And that, that movie's fun too. It's, that one's, um if people want to make Corman Star Wars knockoff examples, that would be a, a much, much better one. You know, cause it's, it's a kid that ends up going on this adventure with a bunch of space truckers and, uh, space pilots and whatnot and getting into little, little battles and learning about sh- Like that's, that's a lot more like Star Wars than, um, Battle Beyond the Stars was, which was more, was it Seven, Seven Samurai? The Seven Samurai
0: or more specifically the Magnificent Seven. Well yeah, like a, like a, space,
1: a space western. Yeah. Which is, which, you know, you can, um, you can, uh, you can credit things like, uh, like Fire fly maybe existing because of movies like this that this whole aesthetic of of making it like a western in space like this is not so much uh, something that Star Wars created Star Wars was was pretty pretty different from things like that and I think that's interesting so I think definitely space raiders is more the The Corman Star Wars knockoff. Then
0: again, have you ever seen Star Chaser, The Legend of Orin?
1: Uh, I think so. I don't know if I have.
0: This one's a straight Star Wars ripoff. It's about a boy on a lonely farming planet whose parents get killed by the evil armored overlord who has a magical laser sword that only the boy can use. He teams up with a wizard, a rogue, and two robots to rescue a princess. Do I need to keep going? Oh, yeah. that's, That's Star Wars. And... Speaking of knockoffs, look who knocked off and finally showed up, Cecil.
2: Uh,
0: as I just said,
2: it's gonna take me a little while to get used to this new time that we're recording.
0: Since Peter and I were talking about Star Wars knockoffs and cash-ins, what do you think of like Star Odyssey? Is that more of a ripoff or is that a cash-in?
2: That was the the Corman one, right?
0: Nope, nope, that's Star Crash. Star Odyssey Star is, Crash. The, is the one is the one is the one with the suicidal duck robots.
2: Oh. <laughs> I'm not I, kidding. I would, no, no, I now I I that's all you had to say. Now I know exactly what you're talking about. I would say uh cash in because uh it was you know, I mean when whenever there's a big property that comes out, something that just completely blows up, then everybody tries to do their uh, their rip off. It's it's a little bit different now, but back in the day in like the 70s, 80s and even the 90s, you would just have the the lower budgeted stuff. Now most of the knockoff stuff is um Asylum and then now we have we even have asylum knockoffs. I can't believe we've reached that pinnacle. A lot of the knockoffs and ripoffs and cash-ins were a lot of fun. They uh, I think that there's a lot of slashers and various other sci-fi films that uh, are really good that we wouldn't have if not for them trying to rip off something uh, more famous. Mm-hmm. So that one I totally think though is a uh, is just a cash-in. It's hey, here's this thing's popular. Uh what do, what do we got lying around? All right,
0: let's do it. Have you ever seen the Black? Black hole Disney's now again I don't want to say ripoff because there's almost no story connections but the black hole was absolutely we need to get in on this Star Wars thing
1: from what you by the way you guys described it when we talked about it on a, on a prior episode I still haven't seen it it definitely sounds like it borders more on cash
2: in rather than ripoff Cecil you've seen black hole right the black hole I think is is a amazing looking film it is uh it but like I cannot understand why it's not on blu-ray yet i would love to see a really beautiful restored print of it it's a very odd film and i think it absolutely was greenlit to cash in on the wave of success of star wars but i think like it's it wasn't ripping anything off it was like hey we've got this property sitting here let's kind of get this out quickly and it wasn't rushed i think that it's it's a very good atmospheric if you were to watch it you would not know that it's a disney movie because this was disney before they really started cutting. The balls off of everything. It, I mean, for crying out loud, a dude gets his eyes ripped out by a robot at the at, by a Maximilian at the end of the film. It's, it's Anthony it's, Perkins gets to remember, like that blade through the back of his chair,
0: or, or, yeah, or was gets, that Ernest Borgnine that gets that? I don't remember. Uh
2: It's been a while. I don't remember. I do remember. You know, somebody got a blade through the back of the chair. But the whole thing has a very creepy, almost like pre-event horizon, you know, haunted house in space. Even though it's not real. Really a haunted house, but it's like how Event Horizon was. But it definitely has this haunted house in space feel. It's very foreboding. The the way the ship is built is very much like a cathedral. And it's uh it's creepy and weird, and the robots are are just I mean, it has a couple of like, you know, the fun moments with old Bob and everything. But uh Maximilian is just such a evil, weird looking robot, just all red with the eyes, and uh it's uh it's a very different film. Uh, uh it definitely is worth worth checking out if you've never seen it just to enjoy it for the uh the look of it and maybe one day disney will get up off their ass and put it on blu-ray but uh i think it's it's only made it to like dvd and uh, even that's relatively hard to find cuz disney does that whole vault nonsense where oh it's l- out there for a limited time it's like, oh, stop it Well, now we're going to move into another category,
0: which I know you guys are going to love. We've got the Alien ripoffs. Now, some of these, again, they are ripoffs. Some are not. I often see Galaxy of Terror called an Alien ripoff, and I don't think it is, because there's really only a few on-the-surface story elements or visual elements that are like Alien. It's definitely a cash-in, and I think the reason today it's called so much of an Alien ripoff is because James Cameron did all the sets and the special effects, he used a lot of the same team that he would used for Aliens, a lot of this movie looks like it could exist in the same universe as Aliens, so I think in retrospect, we'll consider Galaxy of Terror an Alien ripoff when it really isn't.
1: Uh that one isn't so much that's the one with like Sid Haig and Robert Englund, and they go to that weird planet that like taps into their inner fears and stuff. That one isn't really I, I think it it uses some of the same ship sets I'm pretty sure but the the one that's really the alien knockoff was Mutant. That one was like straight up meant to no, be you, like alien. No, come on Peter, you got to say aliens. it the way you say it. Mutant. What do you mean the way I say it? Because you always say mutant. Mutant. That's right. Actually, yes. Das Crown Emil. Um, <laughs> that one is way more of an alien knockoff. Galaxy of Terror, on the other hand, I consider to be a wholly um, original uh, science fiction film. Even more of a more of a horror film. It's it's science fiction like body horror. It's it, it's a it's a film of these characters getting their innermost fears uh, tapped into by this weird space pyramid, and it's it's visually stunning. Like I think it's one of Corman's uh, best movies ever.
0: And strangely enough, the whole space pyramid thing, the originally in Alien, it wasn't a derelict spacecraft they found, but an ancient pyramid on the planet, but then Giger changed that. So I don't hmm. know if Corman even knew about that when they did the pyramid or if that's a weird coincidence, cause that didn't get released till years later. But I
1: think that's a coincidence. I think, I think, uh, Corman probably just thought it would have been cool to have this like big neon pyramid that it probably would have just looked great on camera. Cause I mean, how would he know what, uh, the original notes were for, for for Alien and what Giger decided to do instead, so I'd say that's definitely pure, uh, pure coincidence. That ended up in Alien, or that ended up in even like Prometheus later on, were like sketch sketches and concept art for the fucking Dune movie that all these people were gonna make. So even stuff in Alien is a rip-off from something else.
2: I remember uh, I hadn't seen Galaxy Terror uh, until like uh, sometime in the 2000s. I had a, a friend of mine who was like, you know, have you ever seen this movie, Galaxy? And I'm like, no. He's like oh my god uh Joni gets raped by a maggot i know he was he was wrong he was misremembering it but Joni was in the film and he remembered her getting raped by the maggot and then uh he loaned me it and i'm like that was the thing i was like oh because i kept waiting for her to get raped by a maggot and i was like oh this other girl gets raped by a maggot and uh by you know intergalactic space maggot but yeah but but regardless i was like holy crap how did i miss this film it's very creepy it's very atmospheric and uh just weird definitely like Peter said uh, one of Corman's like better produced films just it uh, doesn't have that uh, doesn't have quite the earmark of, uh, of a lot of uh, some Corman films it kind of has a little bit more quality to it and I guess that's mm-hmm. really due to the people that are involved they're really just pushing you know to make things look as good as they could kind of like uh, like piranha I think uh, is another one that uh, it's uh, it's schlocky yes but you can't deny that it, it looks good again I think that is uh merely coincidence with uh, with the way that it was done I mean there are you know there's a lot of minds kind of have it think the same and every now and then stuff just crosses and it ends up being similar when it ends up having no correlation no connection uh which is why like uh it's funny we were talking about this the other uh week where you were saying you know people were blaming for the vindicator Vindicator, yeah where it was like where they were like you know robocop or uh, vindicator ripped off robocop even though vindicator came out before robocop it came out like uh one and a half or like two years before and has like
1: nearly the same plot
2: yeah but it I think it's just it ends up being just a weird coincidence because in the end, mm-hmm. RoboCop was really Judge Dredd. It and, was meant uh, to be Judge Dredd, yeah, and then rejected be... and
1: rewritten uh, over and, time. Like it was a it was a script that was sitting sit, shitting, sitting on the <laughs> shelves for like what like four years or something before it finally got produced, or even longer than that.
2: Yeah, I don't remember because I, I, it's been a while since I was doing I did my homework on this, but it basically one of the guys who was working, trying to get the dread... It might have been Ed, Ed uh, Newmyer In the office... With with one of the producers at Warner Brothers trying to pitch the Judge Dread movie, which he then took and made it into RoboCop. Meanwhile, right after him was the guy who did go in and pitch the Judge Dread movie, who ended up making. The, you know, it, it's a whole weird coincidental thing with that. But we're I'm getting off point here. But yeah, uh, Galaxy of Terror is uh, is good stuff.
0: There's there's weird influences within influences, like in Alien Contamination or Contamination, as it was known outside of the America and Canada. This is an alien cash in and it's got you know the eggs and the exploding chests and everything but it also introduces the idea of the queen. And the the mental control and multi-arms that's laying these eggs. And you kind of go, do you think there's any way James Cameron didn't see Alien Contamination when he was writing Aliens, knowing how he likes to, quote, borrow from other prop things that he's seen? Did Alien Contamination, in a weird way, influence the actual sequel to the movie it was cashing in on?
1: It could have. I didn't know that one came out before Aliens. Alien Contamination is 1980. Oh, shit. With the similarity of the Queen and whatnot, like there, there is a chance. I mean, Corman's done it before. Well, not Corman. Uh, James Cameron. James Cameron has done that shit before. It's been proven, you know, by by guys like Harlan Ellison, that he does borrow a lot of stuff. You know, he did work with guys like Roger Corman. He is, I think, at heart, a uh, a B movie director. So he probably did see something and uh, get inspired by something else. Aliens in itself was an allegory for the Vietnam War, so it's not a wholly original film, and it does almost have a kind of a Roger Corman vibe to it to begin with. So I I don't. Um even even with how brilliant the film is, I I don't see it as an off mark that uh, he he didn't that that he wouldn't have uh, been borrowing from something, and it, it's of, of course it would be from a lesser known exploitation alien kind of movie, much the same way that he he thought nobody would notice that he borrowed a bunch of stuff from old Outer Limits episodes
2: for Terminator. I could see it influencing him. I mean, it, it could kind of go either way, but I'm leaning more towards he saw it and then decided to. Uh, you manipulate it to his own uses, and I don't entirely think that that is a bad thing, because, like, there's been everything... At this point, has kind of been done, and I don't think that there is really an like. As long as you take something and manipulate it and kind of do the old quote unquote make it your own, like it like if they took the same plot and the same and just wholesale re you know ripped it off, that's completely different. But I'm saying if you take like a little uh, an idea here or a concept here that maybe wasn't fully visualized or maybe the look of something, but make it into something else, I think that that is okay. But Mm -hmm. if you're just taking something and just completely ripping it off, well, then, I mean, because seriously, we've, I mean... How many, you know, video game styles and movie styles and everything are really just a manipulation of something that already exists? The Maybe not necessarily even the first, but the one that did it, but did it almost right. And then somebody else took that idea and made it right. So I don't really think that that is a bad thing, as long as it's not the whole thing. But then you have, you know, sticking with
0: Alien for just one more moment, you've got ones like Inseminoid, aka Horror Planet, or Leviathan. I love Leviathan, but It is Alien Underwater. It's the same damn movie.
1: And the thing.
0: But, but it's hardly an original concept. It's definitely a cash-in, although strangely, given when Leviathan came out, there hadn't been an alien, an official alien movie in a couple of years, and there wouldn't be another one for a few more years, so it came out at a weird time. Horror Planet, it's got the birthing, and the impregnation, and it's like, no, Horror Planet, you're an alien ripoff. You, you, that's not a cash-in. You, you guys both mentioned Robocop earlier. Robocop had its own. Remember Rotor? Yes.
2: (laughs) Rotor is amazing.
0: Oh, I think Rotor, honestly, was a good movie. I, I'm not talking about it as a RoboCop ripoff. I genuinely enjoyed Rotor.
1: That one is, um, I'm actually surprised that that came out after RoboCop and not before it, because it feels like it was made in 1978.
2: I, you know what, I, I have to, I should do some work on that one, because I would not be surprised if that was made and then sat on a shelf and then released when RoboCop hit, because that's Maybe. happened... Plenty of times where there's been is movies. The, no, the you, you, you
0: can tell. You, you the, can tell when club. you watch it, the video. The video is very late 80s. You know,
2: don't Rotor don't himself know. is
1: this 70s looking biker cop mm-hmm. with, with this, this big like porn mustache. <laughs>
2: Oh god, and he had the what was his name? It was like the best name ever, Chest Huntington or something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, something so ridiculous. Chest mclarge huge. Cold Iron. It was it was like Jake Jake Cold Iron or something. Oh I know Cold Iron was the last name, but yeah, I don't remember. It was something like that, like Jake Cold Iron. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it had that great uh
1: poster that was ripping off RoboCop, Terminator, Road Warrior. Like it just looked like the Road Warrior poster, but if Mad Max was like a robot.
2: Yeah, it's totally Great. It's
0: totally Road Warrior. Remember, I think it was Chinese. Remember, Robo Vampire, the RoboCop ripoff with the hopping oh God, vampires.
1: Yes. It has it flat out has RoboCop on the cover of it.
0: <laughs> no, it has it has distinctly enough to not legally be RoboCop on the cover. We also have from RoboCop, Cyborg Cop, which there were two or three sequels three. i don't remember There's three well oh, yeah. there was three two. movies
2: there was three movies total
0: okay i don't know if i ever saw the third one then i know i've seen the first two i knew there was another one but for some reason i never got around to watching cyborg cop 3
1: that one was uh the first one was okay that had um david bradley was his name he was in some of the later uh american ninja sequels i think he he helmed i think he helmed all of the series he was in the whole thing that mm-hmm. those were interesting no he didn't he wasn't
2: in the third he might not was, have been uh, in the third no it was uh um, frank zagger frank zagger Reno and uh, mm. Brian Genesee I don't think I've
1: seen I, I know I've seen the first two and they're really fun I know the second one's really fun and and that one I think it was it was capitalizing on Robocop more in title but the film itself was a lot more like um like Terminator because it was it did more of the cyborg thing where it's like it would be living tissue over you know like a like a metal skeleton kind of thing
0: I, I like which that is sometimes one. what I could which is sometimes what I suspect you are Peter I'm not 100% <laughs> sure though
1: I just might be there's a there's a chance sometimes well, yeah. I don't know myself
2: you know why um, the first two are so good uh, Sam Furstenberg directed them.
1: And they were awesome. They had really good um action, really good um martial arts choreography, some really good gore. Like the what I remember being the most memorable about Cyborg Cop is this is the great scene when they're testing him out and they're in this like sort of control room and they're all watching from above and it's just him like ripping through these guys that are that are trying to kill him. He like he punches a hole in a dude's head and it's fucking awesome. I love Cyborg Cop.
0: No th- there was a weird very brief rip
1: exploitation genre. Do you guys remember the first blood knockoffs? Yes, and some of them weren't even, like a lot of people mistake Thunder Warrior for being a first blood knockoff, but it was actually made before the first blood film.
0: I actually like, I've seen all three Thunder Warrior films. I actually like them. Okay, now I, I'll give you- Yeah, they're Peter, awesome. Peter, I'll give you the first film. Two and three are straight up First Blood ripoffs. They're straight Rambo cash-ins.
1: They are, which which is weird because the first one, I think, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that they had read the book and were like, let's make our own adaptation of it because it's really similar. And if anything, the character of um, Thunder is a lot more like how Rambo is described like you know being a lot more I mean even though Mark Gregory is fucking clearly Italian they they went for more of a of a native you know first nations kind of character and that was great that was a really good movie and a lot of people mistake it for being a first blood knockoff when actually first blood probably borrowed a lot of Cues from it because it has a lot of uh, similar action scenes, even though the pacing is a bit different. But yeah, two and three are absolutely meant to be like the uh Rambo sequels and whatnot. You got him in prison. You got all the all the different um, elements uh, taken from some of the later movies. It's weird though because because the first one came out before any actual. Rambo film came out and you've even got scenes that are similar like the cop, you know, stopping him on a bridge and telling him to get out of town. He's got the, the messy long hair and the Vietnam jacket and everything. So those are, those are interesting. It's, it's hard to really call those knockoffs if the first one came out before the film did, which even still the movie first blood was based on a novel and I guarantee thunder warrior was probably based on the same one. Now, if we want to talk first blood knockoffs, though. I think we need to go the deadly prey route.
0: Speaking of, like, the novel, sometimes y- you have that weird disconnect. Like, have either of you guys seen Fool Cheese, The New Gladiators? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is constantly called a Running Man ripoff. It was actually made in 1984, though. It didn't mm. come out in America till 88 after The Running Man. It's actually a ripoff of the novel The Running Man, made before the, the actual big-budget Running Man schwarzenegger movie so in a way
1: no wait are you sure you're talking about the the right movie because there's um there were two enzo g castellari movies uh that came out around ish the same time you had um there's the new gladiators which was also i think warriors of the wasteland was no, its no, alternate no no
0: no 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 that's the new barbarians the new gladiators Are you about is the, the game game one that's show one. more
1: more known as uh, Endgame.
0: Is is that one? No, I don't think that's Endgame. This is this is the one with uh, where they're in the future and they're fighting on motorcycles for li- a reality show, fight to the death.
1: Oh, so there's another one like that. There's also Endgame yeah. with that uh, that has uh, George Eastman and the yeah. dude from the I think the original Inglorious Bastards, and they're fighting in like zones, and they're advertising. Uh, uh, I think it's Life Plus is the cola instead of Cadre Cola, but I'm not sure if that one came out before or after Running Man. Probably after, because it feels really similar. That one's a lot more like Running Man than uh than New Gladiators is.
2: Kind of, yeah, but I think um I want to know what was the thing behind deadlock slash wedlock because that they really took the uh they took the necklace you know the neck brace and mm. made that into its own movie you know the, the <laughs> beginning of the running man you know he had the you could only go beyond a certain point or his head would blow up and mm. then with that like they it was oh come on and- th- 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 that's just a gender swap black mama white mama with sci-fi tech <laughs> <laughs> It, uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm just kind of going into that. I think that is another one where uh, I don't know if um, I don't really. I mean, I remember the Running Man. Well, God, what was the? It wasn't even called the Running Man. What was the 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 King short story? The actual story
0: was the Running Man. The, the Richard was Bachman was called the Running. Oh, man. that's right. It was bob K., It was Bachman that was. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, it was King under the pseudonym of Bachman. But mm. uh, okay, so it was called the Running Man. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was something else, and then he changed. Yeah, he changes the Running Man. But regardless, the that's book that's was, more like what they do with uh Philip Dick's stuff
1: yeah do androids dream of electric sheep F- that blade runner which blade
0: runner ironically enough was a william s burroughs title for a novel <laughs> w- what what do we know right We'll uh, remember it for
2: you wholesale. F*** that. Total Recall. The thing is, though, I will give it... Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep and, uh you know, we can remember, for your whole, remember it for you wholesale. Like, they are really good. I think they are really good book titles, but mm-hmm. I don't think that they translate they well. They don't translate well to film, <laughs> no. You know, and I think the stories
1: themselves have really good elements in them that work for film, but to completely adapt that entirely to screen like Blade Runner is already long enough as it is if if you made a movie that had the actual android sheet and the 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 weird building with the kipple stuff like and the mercerism a eight hour
2: film yeah yeah it would it would be a trilogy and it would just uh, people would would completely lose it and they'd cancel it like uh, they wouldn't even get a full trilogy but yeah I think uh oh god we're going way off topic here I, I'm trying uh, to veer us back trying to veer us back I want to I talk know. about post-apocalyptic yeah. Yes, uh, God, um, were Blade, Blade Runner, Runner really or no, dystopian. We're, Yes, Blade you're Runner is You're dystopian. back in a Road
1: Warrior territory, there
2: we go. Okay, I think, uh, similar but different, I'll say. Because, like, with, with the Road Warrior rip-offs, a lot of people call
0: them, oh, they're Mad Max ripoffs. No, actually, Mad Max only had a couple of knockoffs. Road Warrior had an entire genre. Well, oh, I think a lot
1: people of- forget that Mad Max and Road Warrior are two pretty frickin' different films. Like, like, Mad Max is honestly more of, like, a revenge film, and you, you... Forget that it even takes place a lot of times that it's in a dystopian future because it's not really that post-apocalyptic yet. That's like before the post-apocalypse. Pre-apoc- and, and Matt, Matt, pre-apocalyptic it's, it's more like like just a really bad time for for society and a lot of a lot of uh roving gangs and whatnot and it's it's honestly more of a of a revenge thriller than it is a post-apocalyptic uh movie the way that uh road warrior is like road warrior is full blast uh it's in the post-apocalypse it's people driving around in, in fucked up cars and weird like villages and settlements out in the middle of the desert and stuff like that one is absolutely post-apocalyptic and that's where all those like enzo g castellari uh, and uh, sergio martino films and stuff got their got all of their wisdom from was the, was george miller's sequel to his own film
0: books books calls the apocalypse
1: <laughs> George Eastman tearing giant phone books in half oh my god that's uh that's um warriors of the wasteland right yeah and society now, has raped itself and we will purify it with their blood <laughs> now here's here's the thing that shocked
0: the hell out of me the first time I saw warriors of the wasteland in the road warrior there is this subtle undercurrent of homosexuality mm-hmm. you know like like you see wes get teared up when his little twinkie boyfriend gets killed and stuff and you know it kind of is implied that humongous might have have Wes as a bitch and things like that.
1: Jesus Christ, he's wearing frickin' bondage gear. Like, nothing but bondage gear, golf shoes, and a hockey mask. So it's like... It's, it's a little out there. Wes Wes himself has assless chaps. You see Vernon Wells butt the whole time.
0: Right, so there's this subtle undercurrent of homosexuality where Warriors of the Wasteland said, oh yeah? Subtlety. The bad guys are almost flaming homosexuals and they actually capture our hero at one point
1: and rape him. They and literally you just go, rape him. what the it's hell? Literally, yeah, they, they literally, if, they if bend him over and rape him. capture Mad Max? And butt f him. Yeah, they literally bend him over and rape him. And you mm. just go... Wow, Italians. Wow. You even get a nice uh nice close-up shot of the dude's uh pants getting ripped off from behind. Yeah. It's like there's no subtlety, there's no tact. It is literally a man getting raped. It is the villain raping the hero, which which hey, that gives him a, a lot of motivation to to take him out at the end, which and oh my god, there's even um you know, come up its uh symbolism at the end, because doesn't he like ram him with a car that has like a huge spike? So it's almost like he symbolically fucks him back.
0: Yeah, it, it's it, it's very much there well I don't know if sim- symbolism is something <laughs> Castellari is great at. I think that's more just blunt storytelling, Peter.
1: Yeah, it's just blunt butt-fucking. That's pretty much it.
0: But can you imagine you know, audiences in 1983 seeing Road Warrior and going to see Warriors of the Wasteland and going, <laughs> oh boy. They were not prepared for that, were they?
1: You know what? That shit was pretty progressive because usually you don't see the male hero get raped. It's almost always the female hero. It's almost always rape revenge for somebody's wife or somebody's daughter or somebody's or somebody's maid uh hello death wish two um gets or was that death wish three No, that was death wish two where his maid gets raped along with everybody else and he goes on his revenge mission you rarely ever see the the, the manly male hero get raped and have to take revenge for his own rape that's pretty progressive man
2: you know uh th- that is the thing that that's like a very emasculating I mean there, there's been a few movies where I like you just a lot of those movies just had Rape. They they love putting rape in those, like male and female. It was it just it's a way to make you just immediately uncomfortable.
1: I think what's kind of interesting is you normally only see dudes get raped in sort of more artsy pictures, or you know, meant to be, you know, they're, they're going to try to play it for the Academy Awards or something like American History X. Or Enzo G. Castellari was just like, remember all that gay stuff in Road Warrior? Let's just make Lord Humongous rape Mad Max.
2: I'd like to say he fought off the sisters. <laughs>
0: The roadway ripoffs. What about stuff like 2019 after the fall of New York, which actually has so much depth to it that children of men freaking ripped it, it off? That's is it,
1: true, c- actually. Yeah, because it has the whole um, – it, is it men? Men are sterile? Or it's like the the one remaining female that can give birth or something.
2: I know they had the um the po the 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 painting Guanarica or Guanerica or however you pronounce it like Mm. in the in in um so that was for me where I'm like you know this is a lot of and then in the office of the main bad guy he has the painting and then in Children of Men the one bad guy and I'm like okay this is absolutely like like they're not even you know I mean that's not even an homage that is Mm. the I mean granted they're two Completely different movies, but the foundation yeah, is the same. Tone wise,
1: they're kind of different, but they're still like post-apocalyptic films about like the lack of fertility on on planet Earth. 2019 has the uh has the advantage of being an escape from New York knockoff, and that with with uh, starring Michael Sopke and George Eastman. So that that'll get you points over anything.
2: She can make a baby. <laughs> <And> George
1: <laughs> Eastman as Rape Ape.
2: Okay,
0: Escape from New York had its own style of ripoffs, but in a weird way, the Road Warrior ripoffs and the Escape from New York rip-offs kinda coalesced into a new genre for a while, didn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, they kinda merged. It's, it's true. It they, they would never just entirely rip off, uh, Road Warrior or entirely rip off Escape from New York. You'd kinda get a combination, like all of them would have elements of the other, like, like Endgame, Enzo G. Castellari's Endgame, or, uh, the new, that was, uh, what, what did that have an alternate title? title of something barbarians i don't know but that one had elements of running man it had elements of road warrior it had elements of escape from new york with like the main character was sort of snake Pliskany. you know obviously 2019 michael sopki was flat out playing snake pliskin, but it also had a Road Warrior vibe to it, and it also had a lot of elements of other things, which is what I really love about the about these like Italian exploitation Road Warrior knockoffs is that they'd have so many elements from different things. Like you'd have Sergio Martino's hands of steel, which was not only a Terminator knockoff, but it was also kind of Road Warrior and also was sort of in a in a post apocalypse. And it had laser guns and John Saxon and it was really fun.
0: Rain that actually <laughs> ate a car away
1: yes an acid rain it, it i think it bordered um it went away from not not only just being a cash in not only just being a rip off but being really creative you know like like Bruno Matai taking night of the living dead but adding Rats to it, and also adding a post-apocalypse to it as well. So some of these directors would would take the idea of the cash in, but also really go above and beyond in making it this entirely new and and special thing, even though it's a it's a rip off of something.
0: And I think with Bruno Mattei, Shocking Dark, aka Terminator Two, it's an Aliens rip off mm-hmm. that's also a Terminator rip off <laughs> at the same time, and those yeah. two things shouldn't necessarily go together but they do
1: and a megaforce knockoff as well remember yeah, the megaforce true. are in bruno matai's terminator 2 that's true but then what about something like metal storm the destruction of
0: jared's sin That you know that's charles band and it's definitely a mad max road Warrior cash in man it's trying to be its own thing too they're Honestly, it's goofy as hell. I watched it for the first time in 20 years last year. It's a goofy as hell film. Man, it, it wears its, its road warrior rip, rip off cash in right on its sleeve. That's admirable. has got some admirable. great
1: uh, makeup effects as well. There's that one, I forget who the, what the character's name is, but he's got that weird clamp hand and he looks just like, uh, Deathlock.
0: Steel Dawn, a mulleted Patrick Swayze <laughs> oh. cutting dudes heads off in the desert.
1: Yes. Well,
0: he's, he's that is by the, far
1: the, that's the real live action Fist in the North Star. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, it kind of is. is. I mean, the only thing is he doesn't punch people and they explode. No, he's just really good at, like, like fighting. But that's kind
1: of, it goes in tone with that. He's like this sort of silent, ultimate martial artist. Oh, the post-apocalyptic
0: stuff, the road warrior ripoffs, those actually tended to be the cheapest ones to make because you don't really need sets. You just go to a depressed area of town. You don't, you, know, you just find old cars that you can beat up. And yeah. since in the post-apocalypse, everyone's just wearing tattered regular street clothes, you don't even need costumes. They're technically cheap as hell to
1: shoot. Well, yeah, just go to a sporting goods store, get some shoulder pads, you know, rip the you gotta have shoulder sleeves pads. off some denim or leather jackets. Film some in a old, desert and you're
2: good to go. Yeah, some old football, uh, uniforms and, uh, mm-hmm. they, Sierra Santiago on, uh, numerous, uh, you know, of uh, the, the Filipino movies that he made. And that was the thing. They, they had dirt cheap. Uh, whenever they needed stuntmen, they would just bring in a local. You know, hey, we need a bunch of locals to get lit on fire. You know, don't worry. You'll be all right. Here's, here's five bucks you know and uh they would you know i mean paid them more than that but i'm saying but still yeah. it was much cheaper than uh if you were to do it uh, the the american way and and i mean they would crank out you know uh, uh every couple of weeks they would film a movie over there and uh they would just a lot of times they would just hire a- a bunch of people, hey, we're gonna put you up in the Philippines for a few months and you're gonna be in three movies. Film the movies back to back to back, crank them out and, you know, make, uh, make bank on them. You know, it was, it was dirt cheap to do it and the turnover was, uh, was great. The most expensive thing was the, the actual film.
0: Well, we, we gotta, we gotta wrap this up. We didn't even get to the Conan or Raiders of the Lost Ark ripoff, so I think we're gonna pick this up again next week. Yeah, we're might gonna continue well this topic. Two. Hey, we might as well cash in on our own episode, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where can we find Cecil can't show up on time?
2: Oh, shush you. You can find me at uh, goodbadflix.com as well as goodbadflix on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook as well as 1201beyond.com.
0: Where can we find Peter the the big sickly sounding like he's an 80s vigilante hero?
1: <laughs> you you can find Peter about to be on his way to his f***ing day job at Cinematica uh, on Twitter, on Facebook the Cinematicist, on YouTube the Cinematicist and on uh, 1201beyond.com where I'll be just looking for something to eat around here. And
0: you can find me, 1201beyond.com. Contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. We're going to pick this up next week when we go with Conan and Raiders of the Lost Ark and maybe some more. I'll see what I can find in research. Keep nice. one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Have a good night.
3: up knee oh maybe this cowboy scene just ain't for me cowboy look is the one I-